Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Decorating Pages is a podcast dedicated to taking you behind the scenes of the designs of your favorite TV shows and films. Each episode, I'll be sharing design stories from some of Hollywood's most famous sets, interviews from set decorators, production designers, directors, and actors about creating the look of TV and film, about their design inspirations, and stories that take sets from page to screen. Hello, and welcome to Decorating Pages. I'm your host, Kim Wanup. I, uh, I continue to hope that everyone is staying safe and healthy, and I know that this past week has been an emotional one, and I hope that we're all paying attention, and um, I hope we're all getting, getting through this. Um, as far as work is concerned, I feel like I can see the light at the end of the tunnel with this quarantine feels like I'm going to be back to work in July. I have no definite answers, nothing like that, but it feels like the industry's starting to get it together. I think it's going to be like that call, like, hey, can you start next week? But, um, yeah, which, you know, also means we got to get it together, people. No more carbs. I can't, there's no more carbs. Maybe, uh, maybe scale down to like one drink a week one drinking night per week maybe go for a run but yeah gotta get it together if we're gonna be back in public we gotta start grooming people I think I think that's our main goal now gotta start getting it together so uh so what's one up watching this week um ticked off space force pretty quickly I gotta say the I think the production designer Susie Mancini did a great job with that um I really enjoyed the sets the show Mm, I think the wardrobe was right because I've worked with that costume designer on Beep, um, Kathleen Felix. Uh, and I, mm, I think I laughed twice. So yeah, and I love Steve Carell. I, was, uh, I feel super disappointed by it. So we finished The Wire, which I think on that last episode I said we had finished season three, but really it was season four and now we're done season five. And... I'm writing up a little, like, special about The Wire and the production design of The Wire because it is phenomenal. It's just a phenomenal series. If you haven't watched The Wire, like I said, I don't know why you're into this podcast. I don't know. We watched the film The Lighthouse, which is a black and white period piece with Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe, who I think was just made for this movie like an old um seaman with like an axe like a boston accent he was really good the story 
it's like it's like two guys it's like a play it's good i don't think i have to ever see it again go you know i'm glad i saw it the cinematography is fantastic um they're basically using like one one light in every shot which i looked up and they had such high wattages on these light bulbs in the rooms when they were shooting uh to give them the light and also the production design they they built all these sets they built the whole lighthouse and everything so really pretty to look at um but yeah i mean i need to check it out if you haven't uh another thing i'm in the middle of is afterlife on netflix um i love ricky gervais and this is the second season i think super funny and it's very dark it's about death and um very dark i love dark humor so i'm in um and the production design of this quaint little english town i really like i just think it's cute um i'm wondering if you're like me you know we always watch you know you flip on that um HGTV and see what's on. Have you ever checked out Bargain Mansions? Because there's this chick on there who has, I think, really good taste. She's in, like, Kansas City. She's buying up these huge houses. Like, really great, as she would say, gorgeous remodels. She loves the word gorgeous. She uses it, like, 20 times a show. It should be a drinking game within the show. Um... But she has really good taste, I think, and her remodels are really good. If you haven't checked out Bargain Mansions, I'm always up for that. Also wondering, has anyone checked out my YouTube clips that I put up? I've been, I, I like doing them. It's a bit of a work, <laughs> but I think it gives nice visuals to specific details that come out of some of these interviews. So any feedback I could get on that would be great. Um, cause if you don't like them and you think they suck, let me know. Uh, they are on the decorating pages, YouTube channel. They're also on the decorating pages podcast website under watch. On this episode, I speak with production designer, set decorator, Tracy Dishman. I met Tracy a couple of years ago on the show Animal Practice. I had done the pilot, but then went back to do uh, Parks and Rec, and so she was doing the series. They had to do some reshoots of the pilot before it aired, so I jumped in to help out with that. And so we met there, and then I ran into her a couple times in prop houses, but I heard uh, a, year, a couple of years ago that she was production designing, which I think is super impressive. So I reached out to interview her because I think it's fascinating that she is jumping back and forth um, from production designing and set decorating um, and how she's able to do that. I really wanted to, to learn how she's, she's doing that. Um, she's also super cool. She dresses cool. She's got cool eyeglass frames. She's like, she's cool. Um, we talk a lot about, uh, independent films, how some of her films have turned union and how, um, you know, she works with the crew like that, uh, how we met. We talk about that. We talk about how decorators get paid and salaries and, um, very real conversation about budgeting, especially in independent film. She's worked in a ton of locations, um, for her work and, uh, we get into, <laughs> The film Zeroville, which um, James Franco wrote. I think he wrote it. Shit. 
he's the director and he stars in and she set decorated it so that's um find out a little bit about james franco and then her upcoming film which is called music is directed by sia and uh you get to hear how uh sia actually shared her pinterest page with her it's fascinating so i hope you enjoy I needed a reprieve <laughs> until I was forced to take one and I was like oh because usually you know we have downtime all the time but when I'm down I'm usually hustling in one way or another yeah. right like oh, yeah this tr trying to make something happen the complete yeah. opposite of it gives you no option to yeah. like do that hustle or like worry really I yeah. mean, I spend a lot of the time worrying, even if I have a job, I know I'm going to start just worrying about it yeah. and make the right decision and, oh, something else came up and, oh, or I didn't yeah. get that. And so yeah. it kind of takes that variable out of it. It's nice. Were you working when this all happened? I was, uh, I had been on like five weeks of prep for uh, American Crime Story, the next one. So, and we were two weeks away from shooting. So we weren't shooting mm -hmm. and I hadn't dressed anything yet, <laughs> mm -hmm. but, um, and mostly because our first three weeks would have been location work. So, mm -hmm. but we hadn't mm -hmm. scouted or anything. I mean, the designer had scouted, they had locations and shit, but I think all that's gone. I think we're, they had said they're going to work like the first like two months on the stage mm. and then figure out locations. But mm -hmm. I, I think, I mean, it's a 10 episode thing. I think I'm going to be on it for the next year. I think I'll right. have my rap party next May. Like that's my, because <laughs> by the time they figure it out, we get back to work. We still, now we have to rush and build all these sets that they can. Yeah. And then it's, um, oh, shooting. What were, what were you doing? I was in Savannah on season two of Florida Girls. Oh. And nice. um, yeah, so Georgia opened at the beginning of this month and I was all half expecting a call, right? That's like, where it's happening. But instead I got a call saying, yes, Georgia is opening, but Florida girls is not back up yet. We'll keep you posted. So, um, a lot of the crew is there, but all the talent is here. Right. Um, and we kind of had like a little secluded enclave that we were pretty well protected but a lot of the um above the line was commuting from new york to savannah like on the weekends and mm. when it when we started to get more information it was like oh we might be oh you're bringing it in oh, yeah. <laughs> thanks you guys are bringing it in thanks <laughs> yeah so um you know and it was the it's going to be two weeks Right. Well, it'll be two weeks. And now what has yeah. it's been three months, I think. Like, yeah, almost. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, it was for us, it was like the, a morning meeting of, Hey guys, we just don't know what's going on. We'll keep you posted. And the afternoon they brought like everyone in like construction, everybody. And they were like, Hey, listen, we're just going to take it down to just essential people. And maybe if you can work from home, work from home next week. And then the end of the day, they were like, we're completely shutting down. <laughs> it was one day of such a roller coaster that Friday. And then it was like that next week of trying to work at home, but like shit just started closing. Like I can't go to, we can't go to prop houses. Like mm-hmm. then it was like, well, there's nothing for us to do. And then that following week they were like, all right, we're done. So yeah, see, we'll, we'll, we'll keep in touch. But yeah. I haven't heard really. I mean, at first it was like, oh, they want to start shooting mid-June. They're going to bring us back mid-May, well, yeah. obviously. And then now it's sort of like, well, they'd like to shoot, you know, or, or you know, they'd like to shoot in August. So maybe we'll come back in July. So yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know either. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was trying to remember how I knew you because it's like I feel like I've known you for years but I was like I don't actually remember how I met you so I did a little like you know research on us and I think it's because did you do the pilot for animal practice yeah and I did the season and that's how we met and we had to overlap on that because of reshoots or something from the pilot that's right yeah we overlapped on that and then I would see you at like the NBC center because I was on, I guess, good place. And you were, I think, and you, I don't know what I was on. Maybe I was on still parks, but I would see you at the NBC warehouse. I think when you were doing animal practice. Yeah, exactly. And then I feel like we talked like a year or so later, I think you were designing and then I haven't talked to you. Unfortunately. Hi. But I got to say, one of the things that makes me so interested in you is that you go back and forth from designing and decorating and you do it so well. And it seems you do it so seamlessly. Like I know that you're, you're probably focusing more on designing and that probably takes up a lot more of your mm-hmm. of your time and everything. But it seemed like for a while, at least, that you were going back and forth. And, and mm-hmm. that, that to me is like, whoa, I don't know how you do that. Well, uh, how do I do it? So one thing is when I, because I started in, as a prop master, right? And when I um, jumped from prop master to set decorator in 44, you can't hold a dual status. So I had to relinquish my property status in order to get my decorator position. Right. Um, but when I got in as a designer, because it's 800, I was able to keep both my decorator and my designer cards. And it's kind of a never say never (laughs) philosophy of like, Hey, you know, yes. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Right. Um, and I work on a lot of stuff, you know, I do a lot of, um, I do some TV series, but I also, I just love the indie world where, um, so much of the heavy lifting is done by the decorator anyway. A a lot of the times, like it's a lot, you know, we're not doing crazy builds on a $3 million feature generally. 
Um, so I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I love both crafts and I feel really lucky to have been able to, you know, participate in both. When you're, when you're designing a indie film and, uh, do you feel like you overstep with the decorator? Like it's, I would feel like it would be hard not to tell the decorator, Hey, listen, they got this chair at Omega. Just go down. I know it's there. Like, I feel like that would be me. Cause I do it now to my buyers. So I know. <laughs> so I don't right. know. I would be a bad. Probably. Yeah. yeah probably. I, <laughs> I will say, I mean, look, we try to stay in our lane for sure. Um, and I only want to help. And the other thing about Indies is that we're usually under crude and overworked and we don't have the time or the resources. So um, it depends on the decorator and like my relationship with them. If it's helpful, I'm not above like jumping in and, uh, you know, yeah. here's 27 Craigslist links list, like, you know. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, exactly. Um, and if it's not, you know, I just, I try to be like, if you need help, let me know. Yeah. That's, that's how I try to approach it. Um, and then just give people like, you know, the dignity of their own experience. I also think in creative jobs, like, uh, there's a point where the help turns into, um, like, creative vampirism right where like if you're right. messing too much if you're putting too much too many ideas out there I think it makes it hard for a creative person to um wrap their head around it and like oh get a God, cohesive absolutely. vibe going so I, I agree I agree that there can be too much research yeah <laughs> there can be too many there can be too much sometimes that it's so foggy that you're like, well, what am I doing here? And then you have to, yeah. I feel like, and then I just go back and read the scene and I really read right. like, well, what the fuck, what's going on here? Because I'm in love with this chair and they want this. And, but then I'm like, but what's really going on here? And I just try to go back to the script That's right. <laughs> as a defense mechanism almost of like, Am I doing this wrong? Oh shit, I was in love with that chair and they need like six seats and I don't have six of them. Like, what am I doing? So it's, a, it's you know, it, it helps me too. <laughs> Just, That's right. That's right. Yeah, because you lose it sometimes. You, you get so in love with a chair and you're like, oh <laughs> man, that would have been so good. But no one yeah. ever knows but you. That's what I always think too. Like no one ever knew how great that could have been, but you and I and That's, yeah. <laughs> and there's always another job. There's always another chance for that chair. Yes. Or you just bring it home. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I was talking with someone. Oh, I have. Uh, I was talking with someone, and because uh, I'm in my bedroom because it's quieter. Um, and so I was talking to someone. They go, "Where did you get that headboard?" And I was like, "Oh, that was um, that was an elevator door on bones." And then. <laughs> Like someone weld, uh, it's because it's a big iron hell. And I was like, I just had someone weld it, and then I painted it silver, and voila! Like, <laughs> and you're like, I love it. Look around, you're like, oh yeah, and that's from. I saved that piece. Like it was gonna go in the dumpster, so I saved it from. Yeah, Not really. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's also hoarders out there. A bit. I've I've seen some 
hoarder people too, which you can't let go of stuff and that's hard too. Yeah, I have gotten, as I've gotten older, I've gotten better about, you know, I don't bring my work home with me for the most part. Like I think too, when, when we are younger in this and you see the waste and you see like, that is just literally going to go in the trash. Like I know Mm -hmm. someone like, that's a good lamp. It needs a home. Like, but now it's like, I don't have the time to be lamp matching people. (laughs) So exactly. Exactly. Yeah. If anything, like whatever the equivalent of a feeder is, but for stuff, I might be a little bit of that. Like, no, here you you have to take this or you you definitely need this. Like I might do that a little bit. Um, yeah, but I just find that I get overwhelmed you know do you think that because i'm thinking now people who who do do that and a lot of it is prop masters they're always like oh i have i'm just gonna bring it from home i have that i think that that happens a lot more with prop masters but that's smaller stuff that's not like a big vanity headboards and shit that's like that might be a a prop master mentality too Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was one of the turning points in, in when I was, when I was a prop master, like, was I going to continue to do that? Or was I, was I going to make the change to decorating? And I didn't have a truck yet. And that was the next thing was I was going to have to get a truck. And I was like, yeah, yeah, not, not for me, for someone else. Yeah. You got to pay to get it, like, get it and then store it and park it. And I mean, it's a lot. Talk about a ball and chain. It's just like, it's a lot of responsibility, you know? So. So let me back up a little bit. How did you start? How did you get into this? Did you always want to be in the, in this creative world or? No, I didn't even know it existed. (laughs) You watched movies and TV. I mean, you knew. I did. I did. I did. For sure. I didn't know it was like a job I, I don't know what I thought I never considered it I guess um yeah. but I finished school in uh Olympia Washington at a liberal arts school and um just basically got sick of the rain and was like what's the sunniest place I can think of that I can drive to and it was Los Angeles like I just took the five south and here I was and um I had some friends here from the Pacific Northwest who were in the industry and so this would be like 2004 2005 and um they were like my friends making a short just go show up and do whatever they tell you to do and um and that's that's literally how that was the beginning of my career was working for free on a short (laughs) yeah but that's like you pluck into it like you do yeah yes I mean I feel there was like when I was looking for my first job, like, and going, I think it was called, I think it's still around Mandy or like Craigslist and like, yeah, they're, shooting, yeah. sh- they're shooting like this pilot and they need like a production assistant. That's like, right. Sold. No pay. Sweet. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. 6am. Sure. Yeah. 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 Just do if you want to do it, you do it. Mm-hmm. And then, so on that, what did you see in in that day or, or week or whatever that made you be like, oh, okay? Um, I mean, I think I was just so overwhelmed. Like the whole thing seemed so crazy that I really didn't, I just did what people asked me to do. And um, 
there was a prop master there who had recently their assistant had taken another job and while we were on the short the prop master booked a non-union feature mm. and was like do you want to come be my assistant and i said yes and then that feature flipped union wow. so i know it's so stupid i'm I so <laughs> i know <laughs> i know i hate me too Kim, don't worry <laughs> So yeah, that, um, that's, so that's how I wound up doing props. And what was good about that was that I was on set. I mean, it was like baptism by fire in terms of set culture and life. I mean, like starting with how do you turn on a walkie to like, um, now I'm getting my, you know, my weapons license and I'm responsible for like firearms and drugs and money and feeding actors and like you know all of it it's a very intimate and hands-on um experience so while i you know the maybe my first five years i was assisting and prop mastering and um i started to get stressed out with the like the tech and the weapons in particular right because they're just both so fussy and um there's precision to it that is it was very micro it was a very micro um approach to a creative outlet and i saw the decorators running around with like you know throw pillows and floor and i was like i want to do that <laughs> i want to do the pretty job and she's got a starbucks um, in her hand and her cell phone and it looks <laughs> since five she helped unload the truck she's got a meeting right after this she's not getting that's right. like little did we know that's right, that's right. oh yeah. my god you wear it well yes uh, yeah we all do i i mean look we we have to it's also yeah. that sort of double standard that's still around where i don't know like uh Marianne Biddle was uh, emailing or said something on Facebook a couple weeks ago about like, you know, it's only been 15 years or 20 years that I, we still had to wear pantyhose or like you still had to really get dressed up for me. Like, and it's like, I, it's not that long ago, but right. yeah, I, the, my first job, I was so insecure at the time and thinking like, I need to dress for up and up. And I was wearing heels like almost every day, like a nut job. <laughs> It is a thing of like, what was I doing? But we do it. I'm impressed. Color me <laughs> impressed for sure. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also, yeah, it's, um, it is sort of the thing of like, I want P I want to, uh, I want people to feel empowered to give me money yeah. and give me responsibility and to trust my decision making yeah. and yeah it absolutely is antiquated but i think it's totally still alive and well of like yeah i can't show up with yeah i mean i do occasionally i do <laughs> I do show up rarely in athletic wear or leisure wear or whatever but right. but those are the mornings of like Oh, oh, we're doing a circus outside and I got to be here at three. Like, yeah, I'm cold. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, 
but yeah, I have always, uh, I, I've always gotten that sort of thing of like dress for the job you want, not the job you have type mentality. Yeah. And it gets lost along the way, but it is a, it is a reminder of like, yeah, you got it. But I also think, <clears throat> and you've worked on comedies too. I think comedy brings it down. There's a lot of comedic no, writers no. out there coming to work in their pajamas. And I'm not joking. Uh, like a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I remember getting to Parks and Rec and, and thinking I'm overdressed. I'm actually overdressed. And, and I had a producer say to me, do you have an interview today? Like they were like, wow. like, so then I was like, all right, I gotta do it. I gotta, I gotta get my hoodie on. I gotta, like, that's right. <laughs> so I think it's my sneaker collection. Yeah. Maybe yeah. too, it's your environment. You really got to read the room too. Yeah. Like, so, but yeah. Um, but that was a sidebar. So you were doing prop master assistant and then prop mastering, and then you saw yeah. decorating and then you got, you got the yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So then I did, I was, um, I was a force hire onto a job onto the Tracy Ullman show. A producer brought me on because the, um, designer was still finishing a job on the East coast. And so she brought me in before he got there and which those can always go, you know, one way or another and luckily in this instant it it turned out really well we had a good working relationship and his decorator left on that job and he always did the like um you know the academy awards the seg the pre-taped segments before the beginning oh, yeah. or for the mtv awards like the he always did those and at the time those were non-union so he gave me a chance to decorate those when we finished Tracy Ullman. And then after that, he booked Eagle Heart, which the pilot was non-union. And then the show went union. And because I did the pilot, I got grandfathered in for um, the show. So that's how I got my decorator card. Yeah. Wow. That was good. Again, that was another I mean, fun. just dumb luck. I know. I know. And so then I decorated for about five years, which I loved. Um, and I'm I still looking, love. I'm trying to look as we talk just to go along with like, I saw, I just interviewed, um, in Gino Caviero who did the runaways. Mm -hmm. I love that movie. I mean, I don't know what interaction you had or whatever, but I love that movie. I love that man now that I've talked to him, but, um, I thought that movie was really fun. The runaways. It was super fun. So that I did all the prep and like maybe the first week of shooting. That was a really good. Okay. So this is really what happened is that um, when I was still doing props, a designer that um, my prop master, I was assisting and my prop master worked with this designer, um, Deborah Herbert. Mm -hmm. And um, she had booked the rich, the show called the riches. Right. And I told her that I was really trying to get into decorating and buying. And she said, if you come do this series, I'll make sure that um, you can shadow my decorator who was Beauchamp Fontaine, mm -hmm. um, which was an amazing. So mm -hmm. I would get all my assistant work done and then periodically like just, it was almost like a ride along. It was almost like, you know, I would go to a few prop houses or I would go open set with her or I would see how she did her budgets or whatever. So when Beauchamp booked the runaways, 
I already had, I was doing the Sarah Silverman show every year as a prop master and I already had that booked. Um, so it conflicted, but, she, but I could prep it and I could do the beginning of the job. So I got to do all the shopping and all the research. Awesome. And one of my favorite things about the runaways is that, um, cause they were huge in Japan at the time. That's like one of their story oh, yeah. points. And, um, they're at history for hire. One of the salesmen was in Japan in his teens at the time and was a total music nerd. And he knew exactly like what fabric was on their fender speaker he knew everything it was yeah it was they are such a resource i mean they themselves are like why you go there they know all of this history they know like this the periods like the back of their hand know that's right like that resource to us is like unbelievable i'm always a fan of theirs so that's incredible oh my god luck (laughs) yeah so I, unfortunately I didn't get to shoot it, but I did get to shop it. And, um, it's still fun. Yeah. That's a fun Yes. One. So fun. So fun. I would love to do another something, another something comparable. Um, yes. So that's was the runaways. So then you're into decorating and then mm-hmm. at some point you're like, Oh wait, what am I doing? Why am I doing all this work when I can be a designer? <laughs> Um, no, actually, uh, I mean, I should have thought that, but I didn't, I was too busy to have a clear thought. (laughs) Exactly. Had I had a minute. I think all the time, Uh, why, why did I ever, because I, I was on the road to be, wanted to design and was like, got into 800 and everything. And then I was like, no, I want to decorate. And I had to start over and go back. And then I think to myself, like, well, that was dumb. I could be sitting over there being an art director making like three, four hundred more a week. <laughs> like, uh, yep, it's five. <laughs> Although a lot of them are. But essentially, I think about it all the time. Money-wise. No, fair <laughs> enough. I mean, it, yeah. that's legitimate. You know, that's legitimate. And I think it's also something that, that the, the money of it all really needs to be discussed. Um, yeah. And we don't have to discuss it now, but like Well, it's the lowest the, paid department head. Crafty makes more than set decorators. It's no it's no joke. It's no it's no secret. We're all that's right. Like it's ridiculous. That's right. Well, Crafty's a teamster. So yeah. of course. Yeah. That's right, you know. And, and that's what I try and tell like because because I do a lot of indies, I work with like a lot of um new like newer people. Um and I have actually had the opportunity to get a lot of people into the union on either Fair Nation contracts or on shows that have flipped or whatever. Um, and that's my thing is if a Teamster won't do it, we won't do it. So like if they're asking us to forfeit our turnaround, if they're asking us to forfeit our meal penalties, you know, if they're asking us to do um, an impossible job with the impossible amount of time and people, like would a Teamster do it? No. And if the answer is no, then well, all the line. Answers are no. <laughs> I mean, exactly. When they do do it, it's awesome, and they do get the job done. Great. Yeah. <laughs> but mostly, it's like, well, that's gonna. This is the reality of what's it gonna take. And if you're right, it doesn't seem to be an argument. Well, that that's yeah. what it's gonna take, and then that's what we have to pay, and this is what it's gonna be. But when it comes that's to right. creative, it's like, well, can't you guys just? You know, this could shoot tomorrow, right? That's right. 
I mean, it could, but <laughs> at what cost of my sanity? <laughs> it, yeah. well, it, or safety, you know, or, yeah. um, or the sacrifice to the, the, you know, what you're, what product you're delivering. Like, that's a real oh, yeah. thing too. Like, do I want my name on this? If we put it together with bubble gum 20 minutes before you yeah. rolled into shoot. There's been um, many a times I'm like, take my name off of it. Take my name right. off of it. <laughs> you can have it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, and, and so like, here's the thing. There's no, it's no secret that every craft, as they become dominated by women participants, the rates stagnate or yeah decline even yeah and for us as um you know in 800 we have our, you know our union negotiated minimum rates right which oh that's great well not really not really cinematographers are subject to negotiation meaning they're starting the bar above what my you know way above what my minimum even is and once you have a minimum established producers don't want to go too far off of that. They yeah. will if you have cachet, but if you are, you know, newer in the industry or an up and comer or whatever, you kind of have to just, and that's another thing, you know, I see these Facebook threads. I don't participate because it yeah. would not be good for anyone, <laughs> yeah. but I check them out sometimes. Yeah. I read the comments. Yeah. And there's, a, you know, there's this rhetoric that is, well, if people stop taking those jobs that are for $120 a day, then they won't exist. And I think what has, what gets lost is that those are, you know, tiered contracts are union negotiated contracts. Yeah. <clears throat> They're legal union contracts. And yeah, it's completely it is, it is, it is below poverty level in terms of what you're actually getting paid and how it breaks down and it's unlivable, but, um, it's where we are right now. So I think all of it's really very interesting. I only got an agent because I wanted someone to negotiate my rate for me. That was, Which I think is was smart what, because it takes you out of it and it's that's like, right. this isn't personal and I don't want to deal with this and I don't want it to be weird, but yep. I, it sucks that you have to do that. It yep. should, it, it, it sucks that you have to then get this third party in there to do it because our, I mean, our work is our work and they're hiring you for a reason. They want you for a reason. And, and it, it's, it's another, I understand why it's needed. And I, I think, I definitely think it is needed, but it sucks that it has to be that way. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And then I think to myself, well, decorators could get, <laughs> decorators could get uh, agents, but the pittance that we made, <laughs> what are they taking from it? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Take another 10% off of it? Yeah, no, it's depressing. Oh, yeah. Sorry. But yeah, I don't, uh, uh, I don't know. It's, the contracts and everything are so stupid. Every time you start something, and I, the, how many times I've called the union and asked for my rate and then they've given me the wrong rate. And yeah. then I've gone back and been like, oh no, it's this. And they're like, no, it's not. And I'm like, no, I called the union. They're like, well, this is here. This is what it is. And it's like, all right, I'll be right back. Um, hey buddy. Um, oh yeah. yeah. That, that HBO contract, that's tricky to read. That's tricky to read. Yeah. But yeah, it sucks. 
But yeah. and I, I'll tell you what, I think we're going to get screwed on this too, because you know, the first thing they're going to say is, well, you know, we have so much money allotted to like COVID product production or, That's production. Right. you know, yeah. it's got to come from somewhere and it's always right. going to be us. Uh, that's what I think. That's what uh, Well, I also think, you know, they have been just chipping away at our minimum staffing for yes. years. Yes. And it's going to be like, can you and a, you know, tape roll go and do this entire job basically. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and how I feel about the COVID projects is the same that I feel about the tiered projects, which is that the script is never taken into consideration when they're getting approval from the unions. Mm -mm. And there are absolutely are scripts, you know, up and comers and indie projects that can be done for a million dollars and done well and done safely. And a lot of times you get, you know, new, new writer directors who want the world and there's 87 locations and 90% of it's night shoots and they want to do it on a crew of three people. And it's like, that's the kind of thing that I think needs to be looked at is yeah. what is the content that we're green lighting and mm -hmm. we're, we're saying, yes, our people can deliver this product. Exactly. I, I think you are so, you've so hit it on the head with the script because I know people who work in accounting and they're like, you know, they, they set budgets or they, you know, they, let's just say American Crime Story. They set the budget based on the previous season's show. Yep. Well, that doesn't, what, what, what? Well, that's a completely yeah. different show. It's a completely different era. It's, it's like, what are you talking about? How is that the same? Why didn't nobody like read this? And I know that accountants do read it and they give a full line budget. But in this case, I've heard many times it's based on last season's budget well that's, that's right sense. <laughs> it doesn't why well why? and then it forces you to i mean it doesn't happen frequently but it has happened where you know i can see we're coming towards the end of a project and there's still money to be spent and i'm like you better spend that money oh, right yeah. i don't want to be in a situation where i am spending money that we don't need to spend in order to protect myself for the fall for the next iteration right. Right. but that's the that's the system that's in play right now i decorated um i, I decorated two shows for these show creators lennon parham and uh jessica st Clair, for different designers for both show best friends forever was jennifer dagon and playing house was annie spitz right. and for season two of playing house they were both on maternity leave <laughs> and Jessica and Lennon were like, Hey, you should just do this. And I was like, but I'm a decorator. I'm in a different union. And they were like, no, you have pre-existing knowledge. You're, yeah. we need for you to do this. So they wrote the union and they got me in, um, on 800. And so season two of playing house was my first design job. And that's, I did, it wasn't the plan. I didn't feel qualified. I didn't think that I was allowed to do it. I didn't go to school for it. Um, you know, my drafting is chicken scratch. Um, and yet, turns out, I have an opinion about, I have an aesthetic eye. Yeah. Uh, I know how to break down a script. I know how to... <clears throat> um, think about blocking, think about lighting, work with DPs, work with directors, 
work with construction people. Um, I turns out I personally don't have to do it all, which is no. kind of that's why we have good people. That's why we're all right. the wheel. That's why it really is. Uh, it really is good people surrounding yourself with good people that makes you know a great project. I mean, yeah. it really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, and I love it. But I also think it's important that the the decorator or the designer knows that that I don't have to do it all. Like it, it does get overwhelming and you're reading something you're like, oh my God, how am I gonna do this? All right, day one, day one, day one. But and my lead man and I like to think like, if we could just get, if by next Tuesday, our lives are gonna be so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> if we could just get to next Tuesday, it's gonna yeah. be fine. And then we, and I do, I really do break it down mentally a lot. Like, all right, as soon as I get done this set and I'm still thinking about, and I'm still planning on these other sets, but yeah, but yeah. You have, you have to get good people and, and you have to be a good manager too. Yeah. Skills yeah. I think you have to get good people and then you have to trust them and you have to empower them to do their job. I am not interested in micromanaging people. And, um, when I have it, no, no one wins right. <laughs> in that situation, no. you know, um, and it's probably, it's also why I love working with, I love working with the same people repeatedly, you know? Yeah. Um, and I ha I have done that a lot because it, you get that shorthand and you know what their, you know, you know what their limitations are, but you know what they're capable of and you can kind of back that into all of your planning. The last few years I have been traveling a lot for work. So it's been a new learning curve of, um, a full new crew in a new, you know, stranger in a strange land, um, maybe yeah, five jobs in a row. You did, uh, you were in Alabama? Was I was, that? I was in Birmingham. How I was loved that? it. You loved it? Loved it. Oh my gosh. Yes. For we should all go buy houses in Birmingham. Um, Part for particularly for us, um, because it's it's a it's a groovy town. It's a groovy southern town. So a lot of people are from Birmingham, but a lot of people are maybe from smaller towns in Alabama mm -hmm. who have come to Birmingham for this scene. And because it's so affordable to live there, I mean, everyone is making their art, right? Because they can have a, re a reasonable part-time job or full-time job and full-time is, you know, nine to five. And then they have a beautiful studio space and they have a great house and they have chickens. I mean, the whole thing, right? Like lovely, lovely, super talented people who are all artisans and all, you know, making their awesome. stuff. Who knew? Yeah. I know, exactly. Not me. I'd never been to Alabama. I was terrified. <laughs> yeah, I would have been like, oh, Bama. I don't know. I'm <laughs> they... gonna die. Yeah, no. Yeah, I think of Alabama. I mean, I think of some things, and then I think of like, um, uh, the heat. I guess I think of heat more so than anything. I don't know. Yeah. Is it hot there? I have no idea. I mean, I hate to get off on a weather tangent, but I'm like, I, all I think of is like, is it hot there and sticky and humid and like. So I guess so. But the funny thing is we were there in winter and it actually snowed for like the first time in 35 years or something insane like that. We took a snow day. We took an insurance snow day oh, wow. because the locals refused to drive to location because they're not equipped. I mean, they have no equipment for 
clearing roads or salting or anything like that. So um, it was not hot when I was there. <laughs> well, that's good. There's nothing yeah. worse than working in humid, hot weather, I think. I don't know. Yes, agreed, agreed. And um, how, so was, did, yeah. how was that experience on the film? Like how did, how were locations and how were, how was it? amazing epic um it's it is they call it the the heaviest town on earth um because the iron foundries are all there so all of the architecture and there's um rock quarries that are still there as well and so in its heyday you know everything was iron steel brick masonry all the architecture is gorgeous brick buildings with casement windows, um, you know, with like the old advertising still painted on the brick that is oh, 70, 80 years old. Character. Yeah, it, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, the, the production value is high in my opinion. And um, we shot at a quarry, you know, you can't fake that. Like, wow. yeah, it was cool. It was super cool. Um, and then just really beautiful, like wooded areas. We did some railroad tracks that were out in a wooded area that it's just, yeah, it was it, it, the movie that, uh, that I was there for was Inherit the Viper, which was sort of um, like an opioid family drama gritty thing. So yeah. this world really, it, it just sold kind of like, um, rural but you know at one point there was industry at one point it reminded me a little bit of like deer hunter when they shot it in Pittsburgh. exactly that's, that's what the, yes that's what it reminded me of now that's i that's exactly did, right i didn't get to watch it i watched the trailer like twice but <laughs> i didn't get to watch that film i watched what was it i watched um i chose zeroville <laughs> to watch <laughs> but I let but I was gonna do Inherit the Viper but I was like oh I kind of see I, I'd much rather ask more about that grittiness that you got out of Alabama that I don't I didn't know was there or existent so but yeah I mean yeah. It, it, it reminded me of Deer Hunter when looking at it yeah that's that's exactly right and that was a good experience like um just as a film as a crew because we did we shot in outside of Birmingham and a lot of communities that have just been decimated by the the loss of industry and we were able it was it was one of those examples where we were able to leave things better than we found them mm. um which I love I yeah. love not yeah. being the you know the locusts that come in and just yes strip <laughs> ruin everything <laughs> yeah no that's awesome um, yeah so i did birmingham and then i did um austin texas i did some i did two seasons of a show there for facebook watch and then i did savannah georgia for florida girls and then i did the adirondack state park for a feature called black bear that just uh premiered at sundance this year and how was that location and and was that a quick shoot or was it it we were there for a month mm -hmm. um so i prepped from i prepped from here and then i was in in the park for a month and it was bananas we had no cell reception no wi-fi no uh, completely uh, like 
completely off the grid. Um, it's like 1995. It was, <laughs> that's right. All over again. Where's my Polaroid camera? <laughs> I mean, hold on. I gotta take a mental picture of this. Hold on. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was intense, um, but it was awesome. Do you know Jenny Durbin? I know the name. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. She, um, I was able to bring in my decorator and she happens to be not only a phenomenal decorator, but also a skilled outdoors woman. So she was a very good asset to have. Yes. (laughs) I texted her. I was like, Hey, do you want to go to upstate New York for this movie called Black Bear? It's going to be in the woods. And she was like, I just passed my bear identification course. So I... (laughs) I'm in. I'm more. I, I more would want to ask her why did you just pass your bear identification course? Like, I mean, it's good to know, I guess. Uh, I yeah. Hey, you know what I'm so saying? It's a bear. Fucking run! <laughs> exactly. There's my bear identification. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. So that was. It was. It was awesome. It was, it, when it was one of those things where like every lunch break, people would go down to the dock and jump in the water and, you know, take the kayak back to their, that they commuted from set to their cabin via kayak. Like, and it was grueling and very difficult and very challenging and two hours to the nearest target. Oh. Yeah. Well, that sucks. But yeah. I think, there, I mean, there, there's times when you're like, all right, I got to be creative. And sometimes exactly. that, that works best. I mean, uh, obviously, I'd, I'd love a target to be closer, but if you can't get to it or, you know, I don't have time yeah. to do it, you got to be creative. And sometimes great, great design comes out of that, too. So I'm, I'm scared of that, but all, uh, a lot of times it has helped me in my decorating of like, oh, I don't have that resource. I got to make this work. Like... Yeah, we all do it. Exactly. We all yeah. do it. So I think it was, you know, my first few years designing, I did a lot of projects. I just did every project that I could get, yeah. um, which included overlapping a lot. Like I would be wrapping one and prepping the next one. I mean, other, that's people, most, I mean, look at you. You did like 12, 15, 16, 16, 16, 17, 17. Like you have so many projects in 2016, 2017 designing. Yeah. You've got like, yeah five projects a year. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, and a lot of that was financial. Like I couldn't afford to live on one job. Right. Yeah. But also, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not fresh out of college. And so reinventing myself, it's like, I have a mortgage. I need to, I need to get the credit so that I can start. Do you know what I mean? Like (laughs) you're smart. You're not going to take that that rate so you're smarter for it like that's also helpful in the sense of like I'm glad I'm not fresh out of college and being told like hey here's a dollar (laughs) right right no exactly I mean yeah it was a fine line of like you know advocating for what I'm worth while at the same time realizing like okay I'm starting over in a new yet again in a new career and like having to get the experience and the resume together and, you know, really get myself into a position where I am marketable and, 
um, competitive, you know, in terms of, it can be because, you know, that it's the, well, if you haven't done a $50 million job, you can't do a $50 million right. job. Right. And if you haven't. You get stuck in yep. these tears of like, yep. well, you probably can't handle that. Oh, really? I can't really? success a day? Thanks. <laughs> For more money? Oh, thanks. Like, <laughs> right? It's so stupid. You should actually start out big. I, I think so, too. Harder. I, I think so. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable how, like what we have to do with limited budgets and limited people compared to if you have the, the, you know, the luxury of, of fat budget and a fat mandate situation. It's like, wow, wow, we really can do kind of anything. I know. Yeah. And that's what, I think that's what's going to hurt us in all of this is that we can do everything because I'm sure it's not just going to be my show and it'll be a lot of shows that are now fighting for stage space and then creating the whole world on stage, which is how it used to be. But, you know, it's going to, I hope that it's appreciated financially for what we're going to have to do in all of this. And I know it's not forever, but hopefully, but you know, uh, uh, I think we're going to get screwed. Um, so, but in all this time, you're still going back to decorating. Like you, you're not only designing all this stuff too, you're also decorating mm-hmm. other things you did. Like you, well, you had playing house and then you moved up and then written mm-hmm. and then good, good session and Zeroville. I mean, you're still, mm-hmm. you're double mm-hmm. duty. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I am. So, so this is why, right? So I do like a $1 million feature as a designer and then good session was a Fox pilot. So I'd go squirrel away some money and then be able to go design, you know, another thing for, for less. So that's, that's kind of what I did my first year. And, um, you know, and I'm, and I was lucky to do that at a certain point. Um, I found it, it in my best interest to, and again, never say never, right? But I haven't designed in a few years, and part part of part of what's so hard about our job is getting people to think about us in the way of what we're doing, right? right. And because I have changed, you know, positions so many times. Um, I just wanted to kind of stick with something and, and really try and like carve out a niche for myself that wasn't. Yeah. So that's what I've been working on recently. Yeah. I mean, by the way, your website's great. It's very clean. It's very visual as I was on, I was like, Oh my gosh, can I steal this? (laughs) Yes, you can. (laughs) Mine's like, Oh, I got too much shit. I don't know. I'm like, Oh, this is so nice and like bold and you know what you're seeing. And it's very nice. I I really liked it. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Sorry. So also, but I did read on your website that you travel Mm -hmm. a lot and that inspires Mm -hmm. you. And is that, traveling personally or is that had been in your travels of being doing location work do you think I mean I know mm-hmm. so I mean I have I was raised military so we and we didn't move around as much as like some people and I was never stationed overseas as a result of it but 
it is still part of the nature of the upbringing of just like we did travel a lot and then i spent a lot of my late teens and early 20s um taking the long road through college of like a lot of sabbaticals and like you know studying abroad and whatever all of this sort of a thing and so just by nature i love to travel and so I think I actually wrote that before because I only started working out of LA in 2018. Mm. So the last two years okay. I've been out of town. And in fact, in October of 2019, so like six months ago, I did my first job back in Los Angeles. Mm. Um, I was a little, and I was a little nervous. It was like back in the big city, back in the, <laughs> you know, but also like, Oh, we could just go to a prop house. Yeah, <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. Yeah. Um, but I think it's good. It's good just for my personality, but it is part of what has made me be able to do this work. Right. It would, it just happened to be that it's a good skill set to have and to be comfortable, you know, in like unknown arenas, I think, and curious and observational and you know all those things that that make us who we are yeah i i I do think traveling is so essential just seeing other vernacular and seeing like the everyday shit like i whenever i uh, more so as i've gotten older i don't i want to go to the big tourist things but i also want to just like i need to walk down the side street and like yeah. see what's going on over here and like oh that that's that's a weird place for a teapot like <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're like oh that's cool if i ever get to do an italian movie this would be great and like you hold yeah. on to the information you're like i'm never it's like you're saying like i'm never gonna get to do an italian movie or like i'm never gonna i don't know i i uh, i always think like uh i'm probably on my way down <laughs> but uh and this is this is where we get real okay good i don't i've said i've said it many times i peaked at peak like i i and it's scary i have like this like fear of it i've talked even with the designer of uh veep about it and he's like yeah it does feel like that it feels like we had something and i said well i wonder if everyone feels like that like oh it's never going to be this good even though it was awful it was so hard and so like brainwashingly hard horrible and and so hard (laughs) um but i feel like i'm never gonna my work's never gonna be that good again it probably wasn't even that good but (laughs) it was good for Um, me first of all veep (laughs) is lightning in a bottle i mean what a gem of a show that looks amazing by the way and it, I mean, it's just a quality show, but I think we do, that happens when we're like, we have a good, um, like a solid experience and then you flounder for a minute, you know, and it's like, you wait for the next thing to sort of like catch on and then, and you will. And that's one of the really great things about like, yes, you know, we had to wear pantyhose 20 years ago or whatever. But one of the things that I love about our job is that I see women 
60s, 70s powerhouses holding it down. And that is super inspirational to me where it's like, we're just getting better, you know? Um, I I believe that too. And I also try so hard when I, whenever I run into someone who's been through uh, this world and seen so many changes in our, in our little world too, of like, what's your constant? Like, what, what do you think? What do you hold on? And it's, it's usually always like good research, work with good people, like just do, do the research and work with, just take jobs with good people and you'll, be, and I think that's true too. I mean, working with yeah. assholes is the worst and it's so draining and it's so like, ugh. I don't know. Yeah. Speaking, speaking of how was Zeroville? Because <laughs> 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 I'll tell you what, I, yeah. I, you don't have to say anything. I will, okay. I will say as a viewer, I was excited because I was like, oh, I actually, I heard of this, but I never saw it. I don't know. And then I was like, oh, this is this preview. I'm in. All right. Watching it. And then I was like, I can't watch. I can't watch him anymore. <laughs> I would have. I actually muted it for a while and kept it on. But it was very self-serving, I thought, as an actor and a director that I was like, oh, this is like, I feel bad. <laughs> I feel bad because I feel like I've been in projects like that where like it's all about you and it shouldn't be it's about all of us and putting this together and creating this but this is just my opinion of of working in our industry and seeing this movie I could be completely wrong and you don't have to say anything but I thought it looked great why is this on? Um, I thought it looked great. And I mean, you got to go to some really great like Los Angeles locations and really historic, you know, things and the lighting I thought was great. And, Mm -hmm. and, and that um, projector room I thought was like fantastic that you did and decorated. Oh, thanks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I don't know. I was disappointed that it was so self-serving as, as right. So, um, first of all, to be totally honest, I haven't seen it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, a lot of us don't, yeah, right. Sometimes we don't get pants, busy. So there's that, um, there's that. But, so there was an interesting experience because, first of all, it's star-studded. Like, it was one of... so many people in it. There's so many Everyone is in it. Yeah. Yeah. And we got to do... Will Ferrell's really good in it, actually. I mean, he's funny. Yeah. Yes. Uh, So we got to... Yeah, we did. We shot in some amazing locations. We got to um, recreate the like the filming part of apocalypse now so we went to the bamboo garden at the arboretum and recreated the set and all the research that we did on because his main character is an editor right so it's about the actual filmmaking of and i think we we spanned like 1972 to 1985 or something like that i'm not i don't remember anymore but um, so keeping up with like that rapid change in terms of technology and whatnot. And we got to talk to some real characters 
who still had all the editing suites and whatnot and could use, you know, could use the cutting of film it, and, sh and then be able to like be um, on set techs for, oh, wow. right, for our actors so that they knew what they were doing. Um, so that was all super cool, but you know, and I think this is what I will say about it. I think it's really hard to do a low budget project that's period and not have it look like a costume party. And I think this one looks pretty good in terms of, yeah. uh, you know, I was, period. Yeah. I, I thought the, I thought the period was great. And I think capturing like Hollywood in that time is always really interesting because it's dirty yeah. and it's kind of gross. Yeah. And it's like the yeah. line has come off, but um, yeah. no, I, I was, I was like, oh, and now they're at the Lautner house. Like, it was like, oh man, then I yeah. think the LA Times building and like, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, oh, right. you had so many locations for that. I was like, this is like a decorator nightmare, but <laughs> like, I, I wish I could get through, I could have gotten through it. But so I think yeah. I have like, two, like a half hour left or something, but I was like, I can't. I don't even care how this ends. At a certain point, I was like, I don't, I don't know where this is going. I don't know where it ends. Megan Fox is so beautiful to look at. Like, I hate you. I can't want, I can't look at you anymore. So, yeah. I, yeah, and I think that that was part of the problem. The DP, by the way, is lovely. And, and one of the things I got out of that job was that that DP went on to direct um, his own feature in the Salton Sea. So I spent a month out in the Salton Sea art directing his feature like two years after we oh, had awesome. finished Zeroville. Um, and I don't know how much time you have spent out there, but that's another, wow, that's another kind of must experience. Yeah, my husband keeps wanting us to go out there and I'm like, yeah, let's go. I'm like, we don't go, but <laughs> that is one place like he's like, no, it's awesome. You've got to see it. And so, yeah, I've heard it's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's pretty incredible. And, you know, and so for a month I lived out in a trailer and like, again, completely off the grid and super cinematic and very cool community. Um, but that's not my point. My point was that... Um, I don't remember what my point was. That's kind of the, the zero vote. That's kind of the oh, I'll tell you. I remember. I remember. I got it. I got it. Um, so we did that movie, and it all came together very quickly. We shot it very quickly, and then it kind of like went away, and mm. never heard anything again. And what I learned was that because there were so many strong comedic comedic actors but it's based on this book which is not particularly funny it's kind of a it is sort of a narcissistic like yeah you know I'm sure, gritty, he, played it, it, I'm sure he played it perfectly but it was like totally <laughs> totally um and they didn't know how to either promote it or market it or what the final edit was supposed to be. I think they were taking a movie that we shot as a dramedy and trying to make it mm. comedic because of the, you know, because of the star power in it. Mm. Um, so that, you know, it's so interesting, these projects where it's like we do our part, right? But then there's so many other. So many other elements that we don't have control over or. That's right. I'm so many other circles of hell that it can just get stuck in because, yeah. you know, 
it, yeah. So, and that's something that, um, I went to a, a production designer roundup at Sundance this year that was talking about how we're increasingly do, you know, how design is going into post and, you know, world building that we do in physical production, but then is sort of expounded upon in post and how there's really no communication between, yeah. um, right. VFX yeah. and no, production it's designers. Hard. It's hard but I've talked to designers who have been in a lot of uh, like visual effects type movies of like, I don't want to, I don't want to say like, Hey, that looked fantastic. And then like, they didn't do it. Like, What's your collaboration on that castle? Like, Cause I don't, it's done so well. I don't know. I, as a viewer, I don't know what is set and what is green screen at some point. Right. Like, it's so right. it's advanced now, but yeah, I, I would think that the production designer would be in every meeting. I would think that. Right? So, yeah. And that's part of what we were talking about. Very much like, you know, directors do a director's cut and cinematographers do color correction. It yeah. feels like production designers should have post days that are solely um, dedicated to communicating and downloading and kind of collaborating with VFX. But what do I know? Oh, I, I think you know. I think you're right on it, and I think you'd have almost 100% of production designers agreeing with you. Like it's that mm -hmm. element being taken out of your hands, could, mm -hmm. like that could change the whole tone of what you yeah. are going for. So, no, I think it's a huge discrepancy in our little world. Yeah, bummer. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, go ahead. I was going to no. um, then uh, just make you talk about Sia. I want to hear about what's going on. What's Holy that? cow. Well, I mean, that's another one, right? Where it was like we shot it three years ago, I think. Oh. And, um, and that, I mean, it's the hardest job I've ever done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it just, um, so what is it about? Okay. All right. It is, it is a narrative story about a sober drug dealer woman played by Kate Hudson, who is brought back to her, you know, kind of, um, urban tenement life, uh, childhood life to take care of her little sister, who is a low functioning autistic spectrum girl played by Maddie Ziegler and in their apartment building is Leslie Odom Jr. <clears throat> and uh oh did I lose you? Oh you're no, okay. Um and then like there's sort of a love story that happens there. But so that's all sort of very um character driven neutral palette or that it's just the city, right? It's like mm -hmm. a non defined metropolitan urban area. And um, then inner, inner paste into it are these wildly fantastic, surreal musical numbers that is the internal dialogue of Maddie Ziegler's character. Oh. So, um, yeah, so it was like doing a feature film and eight music videos <laughs> in, you know, 
28 days or whatever we had to do it. And um, we had, before we started principal photography, we scouted New York because originally it was going to take place in New York. And we locked our exteriors there and then came and found interiors that would match in downtown LA. And then halfway through shooting, we lost our exteriors in New York. So while like in between, you know, shooting our location work, building uh, in Pasadena at the, it's at the Rose Parade uh, warehouse oh, factory yeah. where they do all the parades. Yes. So we had a different massive set there every week that had to be built in time for the dancers to practice their choreography on before camera like it was insane so in the midst of all of that we had to find new exteriors here that matched what we had already shot mm. for the interiors yeah okay. so it was I mean it was just it was a big it was ambitious it was an ambitious project um and Sia is lovely and super um, creative, obviously, yeah. and kind of a kind of a, like an aesthetic powerhouse. Like she just knows what she likes. She knows what she doesn't like. She's very direct. She's very efficient like in her decision making. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And then we wrapped, and it went to the edit. And three years later, the first teaser dropped yesterday. Oh. Um, yeah, it's called Together, and it's, uh, it was a, um, they did additional photography after we wrapped, so mm -hmm. I actually did not design the teaser that came out yesterday, but it's, it, our art director stepped up to do, uh, Lee Poindexter, she stepped up to oversee the reshoots, and it's in keeping with what the rest of the feature is going to be, and I think the release is going to be at the end of august beginning of september so nice. we'll okay. see but yeah but that was another one where it was like wow we really put blood sweat and tears into this thing and is it ever going to see the light of day you know yeah that's the worst that's the worst <laughs> that's the worst and or and or doing you know 10 sets and only five of them get seen <laughs> i know right but i yeah. mean it's such a good reminder to just like not put my too, too much of myself into anything where it's like to stay boundaried right and like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. a job I'm doing my job I'm yeah. not giving birth here it's no. gonna be okay no it's not. <laughs> it feels like it feels like it's not gonna be okay but it is it is and yeah. like I said I, hey only you and I will ever know that that chair didn't make it to set that's right <laughs> I mean, that's like, right I'll cry myself to sleep tonight and give myself lashes that it didn't get there and, and apologize to the production designer when things go wrong, but no one really knows but us. It's, it's yeah. crazy. Every, and I always try to think too, like, like with that production uh, or with, um, I forget we just call I was calling it music, but. Yeah, that's right. Music. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like that editor probably has like, so many like cuts that he did and now you got i mean a music video and a movie like it's so crazy mm -hmm. how much we all like self-sacrifice in the process of it too it's like mm -hmm. yeah it's heart-wrenching sometimes mm -hmm. yeah. well, that's fun so when you do a project do you find inspiration uh 
like with Sia, are you finding inspiration from her previous work? Or are you trying to go like above it all, or like a like out of it? Mm-hmm. You're trying, are you trying to stay with like a Sia look, you know what I mean? Like a Sia mm-hmm. type thing? Or are you mm-hmm. trying to introduce something new to that? Because I feel so, like I would just do what Sia likes. Like, I don't know. <laughs> then, I yeah. mean, you kind of do what Sia likes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I thought, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. She, um, I mean, she had a million things, like she had Pinterest pages and, you know, just documents of like visual reference of what she wanted for different things. Oh, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm out. If the the director's coming here with Pinterest pages, I don't, I don't think this is going to work out. I've got my own Pinterest pages, million Pinterest pages. Oh my God. So yeah, you were, and invited, you were invited to see his Pinterest. Is that what yeah. you can tell me? <laughs> yes. Yes. I, um, my, my favorite was getting texts from Sia. <laughs> Just like, you know, our life is crazy. But um, the other thing about that movie that was interesting that I hadn't dealt with before is that we shot it on, we shot it 35% desaturated. And so all of our color testing, we had to do more camera tests on colors than I've ever done because we had to see how it was going to actually shoot after it was. So like the real sets were a little bit more vibrant than what it, you know, how it was shot. So much. Yeah. So is that, is that in every scene or was it just the dream sequences or it was in every scene? Every, across the board. Okay. It was everything. Wow. Yeah. That's a fun little loop to be thrown into of like, oh yeah, now I've really got to think about this color. I really got to. Well, that's the thing. It was like, oh, you love that wallpaper? Okay, well, what's it, are you still going to love it? Yeah. Yeah. At 75% or whatever. Um, our decorator on that was Amanda Halberg and she did an amazing job of um, just having options and keeping things layered and keeping, you know, because your instinct is, I, I would think when, or at least for me, when I would be thinking about this like gray world, you instinctively would be going for like the browns and the grays and the right, all of those neutrals. And she did a good job of like, calibrating her eye while she was shopping so bringing in a little bit more color than you would instinctively think to do but knowing that it was going to come back down again so um yeah yeah that's a great that's a great like fun project in a project kind of deal yeah yeah i'm sure annoying but fun it's i think it's fun though i think it's like when we get those little things to do we like we like projects we're those type of people we like projects exactly (laughs) we sure do (laughs) Do you have uh, a film or two that has inspired you overall? Like that I've worked on or that I've seen? That you've seen, like, like oh, I loved uh, like Wizard of Oz or like that, like what, like. I mean, who doesn't love Wizard of Oz? Let's be honest. I hate it. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> Lies. I'm kidding. Um, I, don't like, I don't like It's a Wonderful Life. I don't like that movie. I don't like that movie either. Right? It's not a good movie. 
And it's mm-hmm. really badly acted. Can we definitely start like a um, like a film review yeah, podcast yeah. after this like quarantine goes on much longer? Guess what? I don't like Sound of Music either. My husband almost threw me out the other night. He's like, what? I was like, no, I don't want to watch this. It was on. I go, I don't want to. Why? I've seen it. It's like three hours of it. I can't. I'm not watching this again. <laughs> no, you don't have to. You know what? No, I you didn't. You don't have to. I didn't. We turned on there the wire go. and it was over. <laughs> exactly. Um, let's see. Movies. I mean, gosh. I can't even, of course, because I can't think. And also, I've been watching a lot of TV right now. I, you know what? I just well, want to do the, like, the next, what? How about like right now, what are you watching that you're like, oh, that's really good. I wish I did that. Killing Eve. What? Killing Eve? Yeah. Killing Eve. Killing Eve. Yeah. It looks good. It looks good. Yeah. Yes. And they- so that's what I would, that's what I would like to do. I really enjoyed this interview with Tracy, and not only because we got to catch up, but having such a truthful conversation about budgeting and our wages and struggles of independent filmmaking is just great. And I really appreciate that she was so candid. I just, she was really good. So, um, I really can't thank her enough for, for all that time. And she actually <laughs> had to sit in her car to get good reception. So, thank you for that. Um, I'm really looking forward to that Sia movie, though. I watched the video that she refers to for Sia's new song, Together. It's good. It's catchy. I like it. I mean, I watched Dance Mom. So, yeah, I know. Shocker. I watched a shitty reality show. But that little girl, Maddie, the dancer, she was really good. She was, like, the best one on the show. But I feel like she's kind of depending on Sia for her whole career. I mean, I've never seen her in anything else. But, uh, anyway. Uh, the film... Music will be out in September, hopefully. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing Tracy's work in that. And I still wonder what the hell else is on that Pinterest board, man. I would love to get a load of that. That would be awesome. Next week, I have set decorator Brandy Kalish. I'm giving you this heads up so you can catch up on some Silicon Valley and Dead to Me before you listen. Because she has got some huge and fantastic sets to talk about. Okay, so we talked about this last episode, how you were going to go to iTunes, the rate and review section, and rate this podcast, and I know, I know, we got a lot going on, I know, you forgot, it's totally fine, we got a lot going on here, but I'm just going to keep reminding you, so you might as well just click, click, five stars, thanks, I hope you got an earful. I'm Kim Wanup for Decorating Pages. Do you need a great Father's Day gift? Give Dad the gift of relaxation in the pool with a stogie. Stogie Floaty, luxury pool float. Available now on Amazon, Etsy, and stogiefloaty.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.